Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Who everybody dated, but no one knows about. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from the finale of The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. Now we just got the reunion left, boys and girls. Ah, sit tight. We got lots to talk about, Little Bear. I cannot wait to dive into this finale, although I was disappointed. We never got answers as to who the man was that everyone's sleeping with. Who is this gentleman? Is it, uh, what's his name from the, the Real House of New York? Is it Harry Dubin? Is that the one who they're all fucking, like, who's, somebody let me know. They teased it all season. From the very first trailer we got, we saw that clip of Meredith saying, I'll talk about who all you dated. And I thought for sure we're going to get to the uh, Vita Tequila party. And Meredith's going to lose it, and she's going to say that, and then she's going to reveal who this person is. And then we never got it revealed, and I, for one, am very upset about it. I need to know who it was, uh, but otherwise, I thought the finale was great. I'm going to miss these women so terribly. I have the no. chills. No. They gave us so much. They gave us the fucking chills. They gave us little girl. They gave us a lot this season, and I just don't know what I'm going to do with that. I'm luckily, we won't have to find out, because there's three part reunion coming starting next week. Uh, we'll talk about that trailer at the end of this recap, but we got to just start with the fact that I'm going to miss Lisa Barlow's tagline. That's one of the things I'm going to miss most. You don't have to like me, but I love myself enough for the both of us. I'm going to miss that. Whenever I hear that weird cadence she does, and the way that she just sort of drops the energy at the end of her tagline, I'm going to miss that. It's one of the best of all time. I mean, we've had some doozy taglines. Remember Vicki Gunvalson, season one of The Real Houses of Orange County, I don't want to get old. That was her tagline. Lori Peterson was, are the police involved? You know, those were some <laughs> legendary taglines. And now I adding Lisa Barlow to that list because I love the way she delivers it. It reminds me very much of like, remember in Candy's tagline, I always like when she's singing like, well, you know, she's doing, oh, or um, Emily Simpson when they just had her yell hip, hip in the middle of her tagline. That's what Lisa Barlow's cadence is giving me, that same kind of joy de vivre that I get from those others. And so I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. Speaking of Lisa, she's prepping for the Vita Tequila party. And they count all the time. She loves it. They put a counter on screen. It was so fun. She was like, I love it. I love this. I love that. Oh, I love, I love that. And it's so funny. I just, she's a hoot. She's a hoot. I'm going to miss her. Also, by the way, I know she's going to be back next season, but we got to talk about Whitney for a minute. And I was going to talk about this later, but I just need to skip ahead because I got to get this off my chest. Whitney needs to do less, just in general, all around, throughout this finale, throughout this season. And I love Whitney, and I think she's a great housewife. However, we just need less. And we always talk about on this show, all uh, we talk about how Mary is so chaotic, right? Or some of the other women are so chaotic. But I honestly think that like Whitney's the most chaotic because everything she brings to the table every episode, I'm like, Whitney, cool it. Dial it back just a 
Gooch because she's running around. She's always like low key blacked out. <laughs> this episode, she was talking about how she wanted to black out. And I'm like, every single episode, it's like by the end of the episode, there's one point where Whitney has been slurring her words and then doesn't remember what's happening. And I feel like we're all just sort of skipping past it, but it's happening quite a bit now. And I'm happy that she wants to drink. And if she doesn't have a problem, great. However, it's just she's doing a little bit too much. And then uh, that moment where she had the bubbies out and she's pouring the champagne as if she was Denise Richards in the movie Wild Things all over her bubbies, pouring the champagne. I just thought, what are we doing here? And I always cringe when the housewives, they make us watch their sex acts on screen because it's like there's a camera person there. And I'm all for people wanting to film a porn. If you want to be a porn star, you go right ahead. Some of the bravest people I know are porn stars. And some of the the favorite pe- my favorite people in the entertainment industry, some of them are porn stars, the people that I spend the most time with. Shout out to Bryson at Sean Cody. I just think that they should be celebrated. However, when you sign up for Housewives, it's a different kind of thing. You're, active, you're asked to fill a different kind of role. And so when Whitney's making us watch the sex with the husband and he's motorboating her, uh, champagne crusted bubbies, and then they're rolling around in paint as if they're Christina Milian in the Dip It Low music video, then I just think we're we're watching something that I didn't sign up for. And again, totally okay if you want to film it and you want to do it. And I don't know what they were painting or something. I mean, I don't know what that was. It was like they were naked. Her bare ass was out the whole scene. And she was, she had the, uh, it was it an apron or it was like sort of like a mix of a dominatrix outfit and an apron. And she was walking around with the, the bare ass out. And she's talking about how her, how her rebrand is over that bad rebrand she did. And then that's when she pours the champagne over the bubbies and then he licks it up and they take off their clothes on camera. I'm like seeing him take off his pants, which, you know, I love a man taking off their pantalones. However, I did not want to see this man take off his blouse, take off the pants and then roll around in some paint. And God bless them. I I hate to judge. I mean, I, again, I, we're sex positive here. If you want to do that in the privacy of your own home, I salute you. And I support that. And I just, I, it's it's just a lot. It's a lot to take in. And I think it, the thing that I don't like about it on Housewives it, is it feels so performative. It feels like we're doing it for screen time or a scene or something. And so it's just a lot for me to take in. It's just a lot for me to take in. And maybe I need to adjust my sex expectations for the whole thing. And maybe I just need to go into the Whitney scenes realizing that I might be watching something that looks at home on Real Sex on HBO. Remember they used to play that show in the middle of the night? Maybe every time Whitney comes on screen, I need to realize like that's the kind of world we're going into. In which case, I could celebrate it then and I could enjoy it. But it's shocking when this happens. And, you know, I, she looked amazing. She did look amazing. That bare ass was out in that apron dominatrix outfit. And she looked phenomenal. Stunning woman. And I support her doing whatever she wants with her body and sexually. Just, I, I don't know if I need fair warning or if maybe I just need to adjust my expectations. But it's a lot. It's a lot. And then when she was doing that thing with Mary, every episode with Mary, she's going after Mary and saying, we got to talk. It's like, Mary don't want to fucking talk. She doesn't want to talk to you. She has said all that she wants to say. Anyway, back to the beginning of the episode, we get sort of a check-in with everyone. We see Mary and Robert Jr. playing putt-putt for $100. I could have watched more of that. I would have rather seen that than Whitney and the husband rolling around in the paint like Christina Milian in the Dip It Low music video. I would have much rather seen the putt-putt course. I don't know. There's something about them betting, gambling on the putt-putt. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. Then we see Shaw, uh, Jen Shaw packing the Shaw Chalet with her second assistant. 
And she's moving into a 4,500 square foot house. And she said, I'm doing the best I could, which it's hard to feel bad for someone moving into a 4,500 square foot house. Uh, but they need $2 million retainer for legal. So it's a lot of money. And then also she's hiring the movers. The movers say it's 10 K to move the house. And she does say later on, she's like, I'm going to try to move as much as I can to bring that cost down. So I do want to congratulate her there. And quite frankly, we're at the end of the season and I am shocked at how much I'm liking Jen Shaw this season. I certainly didn't go into this season thinking that. That's why Bravo is so brilliant at what they do because they, somehow make the audience siding with Jen Shah. And by the end of this, I'm like, she seems nice. And it's like, she's under investigation by the FBI for fraud. And by the way, I think everyone else, I don't want to misspeak about the legal trouble. So this is all allegedly, but I think everyone else in the case has pleaded guilty except for her, right? Like the assistants all pleaded guilty and stuff. And yet still, yet still, I'm at the end of the season. I'm like, she seems nice. She seems like a nice gal. <laughs> it's like, that's, they bamboozled me. And I am not proud of it, but it's what happened by the end of this thing. And she's moving. They did talk about a garage sale. They said no neighbors are going to a garage sale in this neighborhood. And I don't want to live somewhere where there's no garage sales. I don't want to live in a neighbor. I don't care how much money I have. You should have a garage sale, a yard sale, an estate sale, whatever. You know, when I was growing up in Ohio, you would call the, the fancy houses would have an estate sale. So the cheap houses would have the yard sale. They'd throw everything in their front yard and put a 50 cent tag on it, and then you would buy it. But the fancy house, they would have an estate sale. So you'd walk in the house and they'd have, some of them, I remember they wouldn't even be marked. So they'd have furniture you could buy. And you'd have to ask, like, how much is that? And those were, I remember, because I used to garage sale with my mom and my, my aunt Sue and Stacy, her daughter, we used to have the best time garage sale. And I've told stories about this before. My aunt Sue, she was like, she would just walk in a garage sale. She'd look at a refrigerator that was for sale and she'd open it up. She'd be like, woo, smells like shit. <laughs> Oh, it was so funny. It was so fun. She would just walk around a garage sale. If she thought something was overpriced at a garage sale, she would not be afraid to let you know it. She'd be calling my mother like, Lynn, get over here. Can you believe they're trying to sell this shit for $2? And I was like, just shouting at the garage sale. Anyway, we used to go on Saturday. It was, it was like my favorite thing as a kid. I would look for video games or VHS tapes, whatever. And I used to love, we would get the paper in Solon, Ohio, and I would get to circle like the the morning of, or I think it was the morning of, that we would get the paper for the garage sales. And I would circle the ones that we would go to, and I got so excited. I should have, everyone should have known I was gay, because when I saw the word estate, when I was circling the garage sales, and it said like estate sale, oh my God, I would get a rush of serotonin like you've never known before. It was like I was a kid at Disney World on Christmas, just, uh, I was having like, Best old time circle in the world word estate in the classified section of the garage sales in Northeast Ohio. I loved it. I loved it. No better rush. I'm still chasing that rush, honestly. Honestly, still chasing that rush of just finding the word estate in our garage sailing. Oh, anyway, yeah, they're not doing a garage sale. Jen Shah should have a garage sale. It looks like a lot of stuff she needs to move for cash. I think they should do it. Then we cut to, oh, Heather Gay doing the memorial. And they had a very interesting slow ballad as they transitioned to the scene. It was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I can't sing. You guys, I got to tell a quick story. Uh, This isn't a long one, so you don't have to fast forward. But I rewatched Waiting for Guffman, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. If you haven't seen it, stop this podcast. Immediately go watch it. It was Christopher Guest movie. Catherine O'Hara is in it. Eugene Levy, and it was, uh, they all did Best in Show, which I feel like the Best in Show is like the most known of the Christopher Guest movies, but Waiting for Guffman is my favorite. Although, again, they're all fucking perfectly brilliant. Anyway, I rewatched Waiting for Guffman, and there's a lot of music in it. 
And it's so funny, but the music's in my head. And I put two of them on the soundboard, and uh, it's making me laugh. So there's this one ballad that Parker Posey and Christopher Guest sing, and it's called A Penny for Your Thoughts. A penny for your thoughts. (laughs) A penny for your thoughts. I love the character's name is Corky, and it's just so funny. And then there's this other one where they just sing the word boring. There's The song is called Nothing Ever Happens in Blaine. And it's too hard for me to explain like the whole setup of this song, but this is just a clip from the song, and it's been playing over and over in my head this week. Boring, 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 boring. Some of you are going to be so mad at me. You're going to say, I can't believe you played that. You're going to say, I scared the dogs out of the room. Or you're going to yell at me in the DMs. I get it. But it's just playing over and over in my head. But that movie holds up. And sometimes they don't always hold up, by the way. Sometimes you watch a movie from your past. I recently, I never, I don't think I ever told you the story, but I recently had some sort of new friends over. And they were this couple and a woman and a man. And they came over. We were going to go see a movie. And then we were decided to watch a movie at home. And I, somebody had mentioned a Ryan Reynolds movie. And I was like, oh, have you guys ever seen that movie Waiting? This movie Waiting, it's from 2005. And it's about a restaurant. Anna Ferris is in it, Justin Long, and Ryan Reynolds. And I suggested it. I was like, oh my God, you guys got to see it. It's so funny. And I remember in college watching it and thinking it was so funny. And so we sit down, we put it on and pour a glass of wine, and it is the most horrific film I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just not aged well at all. And I, I do think culturally things, we move through different points, so I try not to get too easily offended by something that happened years ago because culturally we were in a different time, right? So we need to judge it by the standards of 2005, not 2022. However, this movie, it's shocking. It's shocking. It's like every other word is like the gay F slur. And then Ryan Reynolds is just trying to have sex with a 17 year old throughout the whole movie. And then like his whole redeeming arc by the end of the movie is like the fact that he didn't sleep with the 17 year old. He's instead going to wait five days for her to turn 18. And it's like, what? Like I was watching it. And God bless the couple that came over to watch it. I was horrified that I made him watch it because the woman, she was like a human rights activist. And they did move shortly after that movie night. But I swear, she would have never hung out with me again anyway because I suggested this film. And so God bless Sarita. I don't know if you're listening to this podcast. I'm sorry I made you watch that. But I had no idea. Sometimes you put something on from back then. You're like, what the fuck? I mean, the fact that we made it through 2005. Some stuff was happening that that era that was just, I couldn't believe it. I remember in college, we all used to sit and watch that movie. We were like, oh, it's so funny. And now I'm watching, I'm like, woo. I felt like Tim Allen in Home Improvement. Huh? How is this going on? How is this happening? Anyway, I had the fucking chills watching it, and not in a good way. I have the no. chills. No. Not in a good way. Okay, what are we talking about here? Oh, so Heather Gay's memorial. Okay, that's a hard transition, isn't it? <laughs> Ladies, am I right? <laughs> hard to transition from a... Uh, from the movie Waiting to Heather Gay's uh, Father's Memorial, but we're doing it. Anyway, the dad died. This is sad. The dad died in the pandemic, so they couldn't do a funeral. So a year later now, they're having this memorial. But now, the family didn't even show up. Even Nancy, I'm so pissed at Nancy. Nancy, who we met on screen earlier this season, she didn't even show up for this memorial. Even though I watched her, she was miked in on camera saying how she supported this whole thing. And I don't know, maybe I missed something or I'm getting it confused. But I thought, where the fuck is Nancy? Where the fuck is Nancy? She didn't show up because she's showing loyalty, apparently, to the other family members. They need to cool it. This family, I'm so pissed. They're not supporting Heather Gay. And then they're all mad at Heather Gay. 
The whole family's mad at Heather Gay. They're not even mad at the other people who were in the family who were at this memorial. They're mad at Heather Gay because she's being the loudest and proudest about her leaving the Mormon religion. And I support you, Heather Gay, and I'm out loud and proud and supportive of you, unlike those other people who are not. I am pissed at them. Nancy especially is at the top of my shit list because she's on camera bragging about how she's going to come to the memorial and how she supports and blah, blah, blah. And then she didn't even show up. Meanwhile, the mom, was it the mom? Someone else in the family came to this memorial and then just left and was like, said she didn't like the energy or something and wouldn't even sign the release. So they had to blur out her face. I think that was the mom. I was so mad. I was so, meanwhile, Heather Gay, who's really the Leah Remini of Mormonism, she delivered what I believe is one of uh, the greatest speeches I've ever seen on television. It was truly like Emmy winning writing. Like I thought if this was a scripted show and someone submitted this scene for an Emmy consideration, it would have won because, and I might be getting this wrong. She said something like, I'd rather be his daughter than myself. Here I am, a bad Mormon. I haven't lost faith in uh, myself and I haven't lost faith in other people and I haven't lost faith in making him proud. I mean, and it went on and on. I mean, the whole speech, truly. Like, I needed to write the whole thing down because it was the best writing I've ever seen. Tennessee Williams wishes. I mean, it was truly fantastic. Fantastic. Then, uh, let's see, we see the brother. I was kind of pissed because I thought we peaked with Heather Gay. And then the brother decided to speak. And I was like, I don't know if we need to hear from that because she just gave this amazing speech. Why do we need someone else? We peaked. Anyway, he suggests that everyone who's at this memorial, because the people who are strong enough to come and support, he suggests that basically they're like a sister circle, right? Like, that's the kind of vibe I got. He was like, okay, we're a sister circle now, and so we're always going to be in each other's life. We're all gonna, always going to support each other. And then, oh, and then, was this Heather Gay? Or somebody said, we're going to sing one of his favorite songs. And I got to tell you, I was cracking up because I was just thinking... What if, like, when they say they're going to perform one of their dad's favorite songs, like, it was just making me laugh, like, what if they did, like, J-Lo's Waiting for Tonight? Or what if they did? <laughs> or what if they did just, like, A Penny for Your Thoughts from Waiting for Guffman? A penny for your thoughts. <laughs> like, now we're going to perform our father's favorite song as one. And they did go into like a, a religious hymnal, which was great. It was like, God be with you until we meet again. God be with you until we meet again. But I thought it would have been so fucking funny if they just started doing like, my neck, my back, lick my, and my crack. Like the... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would have been good times. It would have been good times. Anyway, the mom did show up. Uh, Heather says she gets all the heat from the family. She's not welcome in the family because she's public about not practicing, which is so fucked up. I'm so pissed at all of them. I'm pissed. I don't want the Mormon community to come after me. God bless. I want everyone to celebrate their religion and their being. I mostly just focus on Nancy because I feel like she really laid it on thick in that scene earlier this season, and then she didn't know where to be found. Nowhere to be found. Anyway, then we cut to Meredith Marks and her... Oh my God. Okay. Sit tight because we got to talk about this for at least 76 minutes because Meredith Marks is doing a jewelry shoot and they all dress like they're in euphoria. And Heather, or I'm sorry, Meredith says, My men's collection is never coming out because my jewelry is for everyone. And I actually think Meredith's being an LGBTQ queen ally. But it was sort of confusing to me because they're all in uh, silk pajamas as if they're TLC in the Creep music video. Remember that music video? I mean, who among us didn't go to TJ Maxx after watching that and try to get some silk PJs? 
Only I've always been less crazy, sexy, cool, and more cozy, frumpy, and warm. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, we all wanted to look like T-Boss, Chili, and Left Eye after they put out that Creep music video. And here was the Marks family showing up in these silk pajamas, and they're showing off the jewelry, they're wearing the makeup like Euphoria, and I loved every second of it, this whole crowd. But there was something that was a little confusing to me. I felt like they're at the end of the scene, Seth, Meredith, and Brooks, they hug. And they're, of course, they're all wearing the heavy rouge. Even Seth, they were wearing the, a lot of rouge. And they sort of talk about like Brooks's journey. And, and Meredith made it a point to say, like, equality will be when we don't have to label people. And I thought all of that stuff was brilliant. But then also, it was strange to me that the editors were editing it as if it was like a Brooks coming out moment without wanting to say it to label it. I don't know. I, I also sort of feel like there is a benefit into saying I'm gay because representation, as we know, matters. So, of course, yeah, down the line, I think it would be fantastic if everyone can just be who they want to be and have sex with who they want to sex, all that stuff. But I still feel like we're sort of in the point, right, where it's like better to say this is what I am. And also the fact that they were just so heavily implying it. But maybe I'm, I'm looking at it wrong. I thought it was beautiful what Meredith was saying again. And I love how she was supporting the community and what she's doing with the jewelry line. I thought it was also brilliant. Uh, and again, love the silk pajamas. I'm going to go get a pair right now from TJ Maxx, my Maxinista version of those silk PJs. I'm going to do it. But it was just strange the way it was like, Im- the editing was implying it or something. I don't, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I was reading too much into it. Then we cut to that awkward scene where na- uh, Whitney was naked and she did the sex on camera with the champagne on her bubbies. And uh, we already talked about that, so I suppose we can move on. Should we take a quick break here? I feel like now is a good time to take a break. Uh, find me on social media. Get tickets to the uh, book tour, which is going to be at the beginning of March. Cleveland is sold out already, but there are still limited tickets available for New York, Boston, and Los Angeles. Also, I'm going to be at South by Southwest, but that will be a little different than the other events because the South by Southwest is part of the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. And that's going to be more of like a, that's going to be all about the making of the book. And then there'll be a little book signing after that in South by Southwest. So that'll be a little, a little different thing. And you have to have festival passes to come to that. But I really hope to see some of you there because I want to see you all. But uh, there are still tickets available to Boston, Chicago, New York. And uh, Cleveland, there's a wait list if you want to be on the wait list. So you go to the episode description, I'll put a link for all those tickets, or you go to everythingiconic.com, and there's a live show tab on that website. And you can also pre-order my book, which is out March 8th. And I also came to find out that there was one retailer who accidentally shipped some of the books early. So there are a small handful of people who got the book or are getting the books this week or something, which was a whole big dramatic thing. But I'm just trying to embrace it. I hope the people, if you are one of those people, I hope you like it. But it's not officially out until March 8th. And uh, I'm very excited for you all to read it. And I hope you order it and pre-order it. And thank you for all putting up with my pleas to pre-order it because it really does make a huge difference because it, it makes the book publisher want to market the book more and it makes retailers want to pick up the book. So it's been so helpful that so many of you have pre-ordered the book. So it means the world to me. Get it now. I love you. Let's take a break. Thank you, Acast. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash everything iconic. And we're back. You don't need a penny for my thoughts because I'm about to give them to you for free. Let's go. Then we, uh, let's see, everyone's getting ready for this Vita Tequila event. And I got to say, we saw a quick little clip of Jen and her makeup artist who's wearing a Justice for Jen shirt, which was shocking to me. And we're sort of wrapping up everyone's storylines here. But I thought it was interesting that we never wrapped up Jenny's storyline with a sister wife or whatever. And I don't know if that was just a natural thing or if it was because Jenny was fired, they cut that storyline out. But I did feel like we wrapped up the Whitney and the sex situation, wrapped up Heather Gay and the memorial, and we're we're wrapping up a lot of stuff. But Jenny never got a wrap-up storyline, and I think that must be because of the firing, right? Am I reading too much into that? Unclear. Anyway, then we cut to, oh, Lisa heads to the Vita Tequila event, which was an 80s, late 80s, 90s theme, which I love. I love it. You know, I love the graphics and everything. I do think maybe they leaned into all those graphic things a little too much. I mean, it was like getting a little hectic. I thought I was watching a, something on a VHS player because they were just throwing in so many of those squiggly lines with the, 
you know, as if we're watching a VHS tape. And I thought, okay, we can cool it. We, it was nice when we were getting there. And then Lisa and the husband, they show up to the Vita Tequila event in a go-kart. And it reminds me of one of my greatest ideas of all time, which sit back because we got to talk about this for a minute. My greatest ideas of all time is that there needs to be more Bravo video game merch. I'm a gamer. I don't always get to talk about it on this show, but I am a Nintendo junkie. I love video games. I'm a huge video game fan, and I just don't talk about it because we're here to talk about Housewives and Bravo and pop culture and stuff. But I love me a Nintendo game. I love me a Mario game, specifically a Mario Kart. And I've always thought that Bravo needs to do a kart racer. Kart racer, a video game where you get to select your housewife, and they come in like a customized vehicle. So I always thought like Bethany, you could choose Bethany, and then she would come in like the skinny girl car that she used to drive around the Hamptons in season two of Roni. Remember that? We would have all of them in their individual cars. And then they would all have like special powers. So you know in Mario Kart when you hit the question block and they get like a, a green turtle shell or something. Instead, we would get the women, they like, so Ramona's cart would get like, uh, Ramona Pinot Grigio and she would spill it on the, on the racetrack. And so then when, I don't know, Karen Huger was racing by in her cart, in her Surrey County cart, then she would like slide on the Pinot Grigio, you know? So they would all have their like special powers. And I just think like one of them could be like throwing a glass. Remember like Rinna's cart would just like throw a glass like when she was in Amsterdam. Uh, Yolanda Hadid, she would throw like lemons at people instead of banana peels. She would just throw lemons at the other carts. And it was like, I really think this is a million dollar idea. And then the racetracks even themselves could be like sets, famous sets from these shows. We would have Scary Island would be it. They would do a whole track on Scary Island. I mean, the possibilities are endless, and I think we really need to plan this out, and I think Bravo needs to get on board. I think we would bring so many new people to the gaming world, because quite often, I think that a lot of people left gaming when it got very complicated. The 3D era of gaming lost a lot of Nintendo lovers, and I think the way to get them back, not just women, gay men, we would all love it, so let's make it happen. I mean, let's make it happen, because... Quite frankly, they don't cater to the women and the gays enough in in gaming anymore. Remember back when I was growing up, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, they had a new GameCube game every year. And now it's like, where's Mary-Kate and Ashley and their horse games? They always had like a mall game or something. It's like, where are these games? They need to bring back that kind of game. They need to get the women and the gays interested in gaming by delivering a Bravo kart racer. Lisa could be in that cart that she was riding around to the Vita Tequila event. I'm not sure I'm spitballing, but we need to figure that out. Anyway, the whole point of this party is for the introduction of the crystal adorned bottle. And then Lisa said this whole thing is inspired by mall eats. She said it's the height of decadence. It's the height of decadence. I want to be inspired by mall eats. And then later when she was bringing people to where the food was, she's like, this is pizza. <laughs> she was like pointing out what it was, but I was like, it's so clear that that's pizza. Like It was so strange to me. I thought it was the craziest thing I see on this whole episode. I know that we had someone throw a glass. I know we had some crazy shit happen. Happening. But the most bizarre to me was just when Lisa was running around being like, this is pizza. And it was like, yeah, I could, if I could see that. <laughs> Obvious, obviously, it's hard to not know what a pepperoni pizza is. I mean, we grew up in the era of bucket pizza huts. We know what a pepperoni pizza looks like. This is pizza. That's a cheeseburger. It's like, yeah, no shit. We can see. I am. <laughs> so strange to me like it was i would understand if maybe it was more exotic foods or something but literally it was just a pepperoni pizza this is pizza yeah of course it is obviously that's what it is 
these are noodles. No <laughs> shit. Ah, uh, I loved it. I loved it. I love this show. I'm having the best time. I'm having a gay old time. This, you know what this show is not? Boring, 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 boring. Boring, boring. It's definitely not boring. Like some of the other ones are. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Dallas, we haven't forgot about you. <laughs> okay. Actually, most of us have forgotten about it. That's not true. Then we cut to Seth and Meredith. They're showing up. And Seth's like, are you excited to see everyone? And Meredith says, depends on how everyone behaves. She says to Seth. So we know that we're getting something good from Meredith. Who they're all pushing the edge to the brim. Meredith's been on the brim all season. And they just keep pushing her there. And then when Meredith does show up, Lisa's acting so nice to her, even though just a couple weeks ago she called her a garbage whore on the hot mic. And Meredith doesn't even know, and I know it's going to come up at the reunion, but like how shitty that Lisa is literally acting like she never once called her a garbage whore and said the family's a bunch of posers. So the fact that Lisa is just being so nice to Meredith is so fucked up. And obviously at the reunion, Meredith's not going to take it anymore. She snaps. But... It is fascinating to me that Lisa obviously didn't think that would ever show. And it made me think, like, what else do these women do behind closed doors? Or what do they say to producers that's not on camera, that gets cut from the final final edit? I need to know. Somebody needs to release, like, just the, the, the footage. Just release the extra footage. I really wish it could be like Big Brother, where we could just log into the live feeds. What I would give. Just one time. Just one time. All I think they need to do is do for the trips, they do the live feeds. I mean, that would get so much engagement out of all of us. And I don't get why, it really is going to take an innovator to come in there at Bravo. And I don't know if I got to be the one to do it. I'm happy to. But one of these production companies, they need to innovate and they need to, during the cast trips, set up the live feeds so that I could log in and maybe make the, put it on Peacock. I'll pay the subscription. We'll all pay the subscription. That's what Big Brother's been doing for years. And it's like, why aren't these other shows getting to it? Hop to it, Bravo. Hop to it. Because we need to see what's happening in between these setups. And that would be the perfect way to introduce that. And we don't need it all the time. But when they go on like a three-day cast trip to Vail or somewhere, show me the live feeds. Let me pay for it. I'll give you as much as I can. I'll give you 10 bucks a month. And how many people would give 10 bucks a month? You know, that would help up our budgets on these shows too, because it would make the shows make more money. And then we could get even more glamorous cast trips and stuff. And so it'd be a whole ecosystem of funneling money back into the show so we can hire more cast members, so we could take more luxurious cast trips, so we could pay the women more. I mean, this would be, it seems like such a no brainer to me. And we, how many of us, even if it was just a handful of us that were paid $10 a month to watch the live feeds, I still think it would be enough to funnel some more money into that. And I'm not sure that it would really take much more. I suppose it'd be a little more technology you'd have to pay for. Maybe you'd have to have someone, I don't know, controlling it. I'm not sure how the logistics of the technology works, but it's just something that we need. Like we don't do it for the whole season, just the cast trips or just the finale party or something, something. Give it to me. I guess maybe because it would spoil it ahead of time. Because if you watch, it doesn't air usually until like three months later. So maybe that would spoil it. I don't know. But what if you could, okay, wait, hear me out. What if you can only watch the live feed? Like it's, it's live to tape. So like they don't edit it at all, but you can't watch the live feed until it airs. Does that make sense? That's what I feel. Or maybe it would just be good publicity for the upcoming season. I don't know. I don't know. Look, like I'm not an executive there. I can't make all these decisions. I'm just trying to pass along some brilliant million dollar ideas like the cart racer and, then, and this. 
Uh, okay. What else is going on? By the way, I tried to not have coffee today. I, cause I, I drink, I don't drink a ton of coffee, but I read this whole thing about the coffee mate and I can't drink my coffee without the coffee mate. You know, the flavored creamer. And I love the peppermint one, but they don't do the sugar free peppermint year round. So I got to drink the sugared one. And then I read this whole thing about like the xanthan gum and all that shit that goes in it. But I can't not have that. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to step back on the coffee. And I thought on the weekends, I'm not going to have it. But then today hit and I made it like an hour. I made it like one hour later than I would normally have the cup of coffee. And I was like, oh no, I need the coffee. Like, how am I supposed to record the show without the coffee? I mean, honestly, I do get a, a rush of, of energy just from watching these shows, but you know, you got to have the coffee and I'm not interested in doing it without the coffee creamer. I'm just not without the coffee mate. I'm sorry. I've tried to do almond milk in the past and the other kinds of milks, but it's just nothing is better than the peppermint coffee creamer, the coffee mate. And I like even they have a cinnamon one now. My favorite is pumpkin spice, but that's seasonal. And I, I fucking hate that they don't have the sugar free ones though year round. Ugh. Nothing gnaws at my craw more than the fact that Coffee Mate takes away the sugar-free versions as soon as you hit January. Like, what the fuck is that about? I used to freeze some of the sugar-free pumpkin spice ones and put them in my freezer, but they don't taste as good when you defrost them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, you know, Coffee Mate, if you're listening, you need to stop. Just bring back the sugar-free ones. They should all be sugar-free. Because then at least, even though I'm drinking a bunch of xanthan gum or whatever the fuck they put in it, and our rat tails, I don't know what they put in it, but it tastes delicious. Even though I'm putting that in my coffee, at least when it says sugar-free in the green label, I feel a little bit better. I feel like, okay, well, I'm being sort of healthy. And instead, they just get rid of it. And then I'm forced to drink either the sugar-filled version or one of the flavors that I don't like. I don't like the uh, other ones. I don't like the hazelnut sugar-free. I don't like that one as much. I want the peppermint mocha sugar-free. Anyway, that's going to be my cause from now on. I'm going to start picketing Coffee Mate until they change this, because it's, quite frankly, disgusting to me. Anyway, I tried not to drink coffee. It lasted an hour, and then I had a big old cup. So here I am, out loud and proud on this podcast, with my caffeine. So then uh, Mary shows up. She says she's not drinking the Vita Tequila, because she said it tastes like water. She said it's like Lisa, just blah, and puts a weird taste in your mouth. And then... (laughs) Mary doesn't fit in with this show. She doesn't like any of the women. She doesn't want to fit in. And I support that. And I think good for you, Mary, because uh, I don't think any of these women like you. And I don't think you like any of these women. And it's not good to be in a place that you're not liked. So I kind of got this episode where I'm like, I get why Mary didn't want to show up at the reunion. She's rich. She doesn't need to be here. And no one, she don't like nobody. The other one that, that um, what's her name? I can't think. Whitney always is popping into Mary's personal space to talk to her about something, and Mary just is sick of it. So I understand why Mary's not showing up. And then Jenny, Jenny, Mary hates Jenny with every ounce of her being. She hates Jenny. And Jenny's always trying to have a moment with uh, Mary, and Mary doesn't even care about her either. And then Jenny's chasing after Mary and throws the glass and everything, and Mary's like, just leaves because she's crazy. Also, Mary and Sharif had a weird moment, didn't they? Talking about how, maybe it wasn't weird. I just found it a little strange where they were talking about how great Mary's church is. And I don't know. I guess Sharif was saying, like, "Good, thank you so much for bringing Jen there and being so supportive of Jen. So I understood Sharif's thing. Uh, but I don't know. I guess I just have questions about the church. Because I feel like they brought up so many things about the church, but then we never got any closure or answers on the church. So it's like, which is it? Is the church fucked up or is it a normal, great space? I don't know. I don't know where I stand because we never got closure. And Mary's not showing up at the reunion, so I don't know that I'll ever get closure. 
But I understand why Mary's not showing up at that reunion, because what does she want to be around these people? They all hate her. She hates them. And then uh, Whitney now, then she pulls away uh, Mary, and she's drunk. She said she wouldn't have talked about Mary's church if Mary didn't insult her. And Mary says, I'm not a mean person. I don't hurt people. And that's when Jenny chimes in and says, uh, you are, you are. And it's like, Jenny, this conversation is not about you right now. Like, cool it. Because Mary and Mary's trying to ignore Whitney, and now she's got to worry about ignoring you. I mean, poor Mary's got to disengage with the whole cast, because they're all trying to have a moment with her. And by the way, if you want a moment with someone, don't do it with a cast member that's not interested in talking to you. So it's like they should have tried to have moments with other, literally anyone else, because Mary's not interested. She's walking away. Then... Uh, oh, they throw a glass. Jenny throws the glass. And then she apologizes to Lisa. She's like, I'm so sorry. And Lisa's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. You know, like, because <laughs> Lisa, you know, in her head, Lisa was thinking she just wanted this finale party to be successful so that Vita Tequila is on the show. And I know, I fully believe in my heart, Lisa was probably so excited that she got the finale party. Because from what I've heard anecdotally, the cast members all want the finale party. Because it can help promote your business, and it's a high-rated episode, and it, I think there is some fighting over that finale party. And here, Lisa got the finale party all about her business, Vita Tequila. So you know Lisa was just on cloud nine this whole time. Plus, she loves housewifery. Lisa loves housewifery. So she just wants the party to be a hit housewife moment, and it is because of the glass throw, and so Lisa is on cloud nine. She's just having the best time. Then we see the men talking. I don't really care about that. Then the women are talking, and I like the end of the seasons when they all have their huddle. Love when they do this on all the franchises. Like the whole cast's got a huddle around a table and just sort of talk through a few things. And I like when they do that. And Jen says to Meredith, do you consider me your friend? And Meredith's like, no. Like, but how many times does Meredith have to say to Jen, like, I'm not your friend? Like that she said it so many times, so many different ways in every setting. And yet still Jen is asking the other women are like, you need to be honest and tell her why you're not her friend. And it's like, she has every episode. So stop it. And Meredith's not even being malicious to Jen or anything. She's just like trying to go about, but they keep bringing her to the brim. And I just feel bad for Meredith. I do. I do. And then uh, Meredith just says, I'm out, girls. I'm out. I'm not going to be here with Jen. She storms out. And then that's when she's yelling, you want to talk about her? What did she say? You want to talk about? (gasps) I'll talk about who everybody dated that nobody knows about. Nobody knows about. Nobody knows about. She's out there running away with a smile. And then we get our title cards. So we end everyone's season by letting us uh, get a little update on it. Meredith, uh, Meredith and Seth are more in love than ever. They celebrated 25 years with no boob cake. And they showed a still of her. I love when they, I love when they freeze frame on the women. And Meredith had like the crazy eyes, you know, and she, they did a freeze frame on her. And it was fantastic. No boob cake though. Jen, meanwhile, anxiously awaiting a trial in March, trying to stay positive, avoids thinking of her old closet. Mary's, uh, end of the season wrap up is Mary is spending 2022 focusing on Joyce. She's spending more time with son, uh, and her church and her mannequins and her mannequins. I'd give more than a penny for those mannequin thoughts. I'd like to know what they see and what they know. Penny for your thoughts. If those mannequins could talk, I don't know. I'd love a 
I'd love to know what those mannequins think about everything going on in the Mary Cosby household. They're the ones who know where the bodies are buried. We need to get a camera crew in that house, or we need to get those mannequins to talk. I don't know. Somebody call up Kim Cattrall, because we, we need to know what's on those mannequins' minds, because the things they must have seen, the things they must have seen. Remember that movie Mannequin with Kim Cattrall? That was that reference when I was talking about that, where Kim Cattrall plays a mannequin that came alive. What a film. What a time. I miss movies like that. I just want to see a mannequin come alive and fall in love with a human. Is that too much to ask? Maybe so. Not sure how that movie has aged either. By the way, I just, I, speaking of movies that have not aged well, I think I might have mentioned this before. I watched Weird Science the one day where they create the perfect woman and it hasn't aged well. It has not aged well. And I remember loving the USA TV version of it. They made a TV version of Weird Science. And I like loved it. Maybe, I guess it's a little problematic, but I think Channing Tatum was like supposed to recreate it. By the way, I'm supposed to see that Channing Tatum dog movie this week. I'll let you know how it is. I'm getting off track. Anyway, so Whitney's end of the season title card says she traded in the title of Little Girl, Little Girl, for CEO, and she's having less robotic sex. Okay, good for her. God bless. Lisa's lower thirds, or, or I'm sorry, her title card says she spent a few months reflecting on friendships. She's going to be more upfront about her feelings when unmiked in her own home. Heather Gay's uh, title card says she embraced her ex-Mormonism. She took a trip to Norway and there's no Viking yet. Uh, how I want Heather Gay to just find the hottest man. That's what I, what I really want for going forward in season three is I want Heather Gay to just meet the hottest man who's just like, that's who I want to see have sex on camera. Not like all of it, but I'm saying I want Heather Gay to get laid on camera with, to the hottest man we've ever seen on Housewives. That's what she deserves. That's what she deserves. Meanwhile, we end with the whole season just Whitney straddling Justin with her dirty feet. I mean, and I, you know, I'm always focused on people's feet because if I was on camera, I'd be so self-conscious about it because I always see people's dirty feet on all of these reality shows. When you see someone on bed or even in scripted stuff, because people are walking around set with their no shoes or socks, and they always forget to wipe the bottoms of their feet for the camera. And I always see it every single time when somebody's, you know, when you're watching a scripted show and they're in bed without shoes or socks on. And the camera picks up on the bottom of their feet, and they're always so dirty. And I'm always thinking, did no PA see to wash the bottom of their feet? I mean, somebody needs to start paying attention to that. Anyway, I get why they're dirty. I'm just saying somebody needs to, uh, someone should have stepped in and said, Whitney, we need to wipe the bottoms of your feet because we're going to show you, we're going to end this whole season, this epic amazing season of television. We're going to end with a close-up of you straddling your husband with the dirty feet. So maybe we need to wipe them off. I just wish somebody was stepped in. Anyway, uh, then we get the reunion trailer. Let's talk about this. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's talk about this reunion trailer. Let's play a clip. Just pile on, bitch. Don't call me bitch. You are a bitch. I just feel like everybody here wants to break me all the time. You guys knew what you were doing when you put that in there. Like, I was on a rant. I just think what you guys did just gave them all a reason to say, that's who you are, that's who you are. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, A hot mic moment. About a hot mic moment. I've never seen that on Housewives before. And this is going to be a three-part reunion. Mary, of course, did not show up, which I'm devastated. And I was very much feeling Mary's absence in that reunion trailer. They needed her. I wish she showed up. I'm I'm mad, but I am understanding. I just think that that needed her. I do think it looks like a great reunion, and I kind of am getting a feeling. So a lot of people are saying online, like, this looks underwhelming. And I don't know why. I'm getting this feeling that they're they're under-promising and they're going to over-deliver. I could be totally wrong. I hope I'm not wrong about that. But I don't know. I felt like it was purposefully underwhelming because then it's going to be really good. Does that make sense? That's the feeling I get. And that never really happens in Bravo. Usually they over-promise and under-deliver, right? But I actually got the opposite from that. And I've heard some things about the filming of the reunion that we're not in this reunion trailer. So I'm thinking it's going to be really good. And I hope I'm right. And I might be wrong. But uh, it it looked okay, but I, I'm excited about all the Lisa stuff. They all seem to go after her. Jen was wearing the gloves. She had to take off the gloves because they were causing a sound issue. And then we also saw Jen's feathers were all getting up in her face. She dressed like a Muppet. I mean, half of them were dressed like Muppets. And I think we've talked about this before because the Regan looks came out weeks and weeks ago. And I think by and large, we all sort of agreed that this was basically the worst reunion looks we've ever seen in the history of this franchise. And I'm not just talking about Salt Lake City. I'm talking about actually across all the cities. I think that was pretty much the general consensus from the public was that these were shockingly bad reunion looks. And I don't know if they showed them to us so early so that we'd get used to them. Because now that we're seeing the the footage from the reunion, I'm like, oh, well, they all look nice. you know. And I think that's because Bravo, once again, always knows what they're doing. They're one step ahead. So they showed us those reunions weeks or even months ago. And when we first saw them all, we thought, and those pictures were everywhere. People were making memes and stuff about how ugly those reunion looks are. And then now I'm seeing them in an action. I'm like, they look great. They look fantastic. They all look good. And there's fucking feathers flying everywhere. I don't know what fuck Meredith's wearing. I don't know what fuck any of them are wearing. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, they kind of look pretty. And Jen's gloves, the, what, what the fuck was that? What the fuck 
was Jen's gloves. She took them off, and I was kind of mad that she had to take them off. And they looked crazy, but I was so used to them from all the memes and everything. <sighs> anyway, Andy grills Jen and Sharif. I was I, That's what I think I'm most excited for is the Sharif of it all, because Andy's going to have him on stage. And he's going to ask, and I want to see like what Sharif thinks about all this, because we've only got little bits and pieces. And I want to see, I hope Andy does some good grilling the way he did with Erica Jane. Remember Bamboozle Jane at the Beverly Hills reunion? I felt like Andy did such a great job. He really turned into just an A-plus interviewer at that reunion. He's always good, but at the Beverly Hills reunion, I feel like Andy was top-notch. And so I'm hoping we get that version of Andy here for the Salt Lake City reunion, because I got a lot of questions for Jen Shah, and I want to see how she reacts, and I want to see how Sharif reacts. But it's not looking good because he says something to Jen about her charges. And she's like, I don't know the charges. I don't know what they are. And he's like, you don't know your charges? <laughs> he's like, uh, you should know that. You should know that. And then, yeah, we get that hot mic moment. Uh, Jen also said, why does it keep coming up? She's, I think she's talking about her, uh, her fraud case. And it's like, cause it's a fraud case. And the FBI came and to the Botox center and tried to arrest you. So I think that's why we're talking about it. And quite frankly, I don't think we talked about it enough. This whole season, I felt like we were all sort of skating by the Jen Shah stuff. No one was asking her questions. And I thought somebody should have stepped up. Whitney's got all that stuff to say to Mary. I'm like, you need to direct some of that investigative work over to Jen Shah because everyone just ignored the Jen Shah of it all and then was just asking Mary questions and stuff. I'm like, Whitney, she's, she's like almost there. She's almost at MK, um, Megan King Edmonds level of detectivery. But yet she's focusing on the wrong person. And so I need, not that we shouldn't focus some of that detectivery, that's not a word, but that detectivery on Mary Cosby and the church. I get that. But I also think some of it needed to be redirected at Jen Shah. And so it looks like Andy's going to do it, though. It looks like Andy's going to do it. And then Lisa says, everyone here wants to break me. Everyone here wants to break me. You don't have to like me. I love myself enough for the both of us. <laughs> ah, that's the season. That's the season. Next week, we get the reunion. I don't always recap the reunions. We might have to dive in a little bit. And uh, the show, Everything Iconic, is going to be a little bit different schedule coming up for the next couple weeks. I think this week will be normal, and then next week might be a little different because I'm going to be traveling for the book tour, which I hope you'll all come see me on. And so I'll be on a bunch of podcasts, so you can check me out. I'll be probably annoying you on a, a bunch of other outlets. But the Everything Iconic podcast. We will have a week off during release week, which is over the course of, uh, I don't know what week that is, week eight, the March 8th or March 7th or something. And then, uh, yeah, so it'll be a little bit different schedule going forward. Just be prepared for that and don't yell at me. Uh, but this week will be normal, so stay tuned to Everything Iconic. I love you all so much for listening. Uh, should we do our cheesy little cool down? I think we should take a little breather and uh, find me on social media, pre-order the book, and take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, a lot of people might ask you to pay a penny for your thoughts. And I just want to encourage all of us to be honest and open with our loved ones going forward this week so that they don't have to pay a penny for our thoughts. A penny for your thoughts. <laughs> that didn't make any sense, did it? I tried to be like real profound, and I don't think it made a lick of sense. But you guys... I just really just wanted to play that clip again. Should I do it again? Okay. A penny for your thoughts. A penny for your thoughts. 
Porky St. Clair is the character's name. You gotta go watch Waiting for Guffman. If you just want to heal, if you just want to feel good, go watch one of the Christopher Guest movies. I recommend Waiting for Guffman. But go back and rewatch Best in Show, which is, again, a flawless film. Go and watch For Your Consideration, which I think is one of the underrated Christopher Guest movies. I think you can't go wrong. Watch A Mighty Wind. You can't go wrong. They're just silly. And in Best in Show, you just get to watch a bunch of cute dogs and funny people. And that's something that could heal our nation. And so I just encourage you, find something funny to watch and just laugh and giggle and have a gay old time because we all need the laughs wherever we can get them these days. You know, things are dark and bleak enough. So find something that makes you giggle and celebrate it. And whether that be funny people and dogs like Best in Show or some local theater people like the movie Waiting for Guffman, just find it and laugh. Parker Posey can heal the world. And that's just how I want to end this podcast. Kat- Catherine O'Hara, Parker Posey. When I call her Parky Posey, Parker Posey, Catherine O'Hara, they can heal all of us. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. I would still pay a penny for your thoughts, a dime for your dreams. Would a shiny new quarter buy a peek at your schemes? And when you are away, so far from my Cherish my penny's worth to the last time you're bride. Penny for your thoughts. Let's call it a deal. I don't have any secrets. You know how I feel. A penny for your thoughts. It's settled and done. I have offered a million I have done it for none I reckon we're in love And married we'll be And all for a penny A bright copper penny The penny that brought you to me